We launched the house on the 16th of January this year, which I can't believe it's almost a year. It's just gone from strength to strength. The brand's out there and stuff that's really going on that we think is really great and we wanted to incorporate it into the house. So one of them is the eSwap platform. A place where you can swap, teach or learn skills from other experts in the business. The overall learning development reward for smaller employers. Amazing work from everyone on the team. So excited about even being shortlisted is great, but to win is just absolutely mind-blowing. Hello everyone and welcome to Every Day's a School Day, a brand new podcast series from St James's Place. Do you want to know how innovative technology is being used to enhance businesses? Or do you want to feel inspired on how you can apply it to yours? Well then, this exciting new podcast series will showcase how immersive tech is being applied within the modern workplace. We'll sit down with some of the biggest and the best minds in the industry to learn about the latest developments and how it's improving businesses globally. We'll cover everything from AI and VR to building bespoke learning platforms and more. We'll also share how we're using tech to enhance L&D, break new ground, change those industry attitudes and inspire other organisations to do the same. Hello and welcome back to Everyday the School Day. I'm Hannah Frame, Social Learning Innovation and Technology Manager. And I'm Nikki Finnegan, Director of Learning Development at SJP. In this episode, I'll be interviewing Nikki as we look back at our favourite technology product launches and how they impacted the industry. We'll also be looking at some of our personal favourite projects where we've used innovative tech and how other companies have done the same. And finally, we'll also be looking to next year and the projects that we're really excited for. School's in session. So Nikki, looking back at launches, what was your top tech product launch this year and how did they impact the industry or consumer habits? There's a lot of stuff that's been going on in 2023, lots of stuff we've done internally, things we've seen in the industry and outside of our industry. I think the biggest thing, the thing that everyone is talking about has got to be ChatGPT. And that was sort of early on, beginning of the year. A lot of people have been talking about it. There's been lots of people playing around with it and how it can improve you know, things at work. And, and actually, I've made some jokes recently about how many people are using it, but how obvious it is now when you're using it. So some of my team might write a bit of content or respond to something. It's just really clear to me when they're using it, when they're not. So I think it's been a really exciting sort of shift in technology and a really sort of great piece of technology and launched really well. I think it's potentially not as it's sort of falling out of favour a little bit with people now and there's lots of competition that's come up that's not just about chat gpt i agree with you though i think chat gpt was amazing and kind of revolutionary in terms of being able to just put into a chat box write me this and it does but like you said it's almost become you can tell when things are written by ai so perhaps the next kind of shift as we go into next year is how it becomes more humanized or it just learns to pick up more kind of human-like conversational language I think what it's also done has really opened up the conversation and almost made people realise how much we're using AI in our day-to-day life. You know, things like choices that are being made for us with content that's being offered up either online, you know, sort of Spotify, when you're on, you know, looking at Netflix and choosing what you're going to watch next. So it's literally in our lives every day. And I don't think a lot of people realise that. Yeah, it's coming into more and more apps that we see as well. We utilise Blinkist and that now has like a Blinkist AI space where you can type in something that you're looking for and it will recommend the three books so yeah if you don't know what you're searching for ai can be there to help you so i agree yeah it is everywhere it's really cool and it's something that we're looking at and excited to see how it grows as a business in terms of our approach for next year so looking back then nick what are some of the projects that you've worked that you can highlight for sjp that you're especially proud of i think from an immersive learning perspective we've done loads of stuff this year which we can talk about but from you know, that immersive perspective and some of the VR content we've created. There's been a real shift this year and a real focus for us on vulnerable clients. 
obviously consumer duty has been absolute number one on people's agenda this year. And we'd already been doing a lot of work and researching on different sort of states of vulnerability and how we could create learning content that would help our advisors to be able to, you know, build on the relationships they've already got with clients, but um, maximise their skills, their empathy skills to be able to support them and identify those signs, you know, when things change and circumstances change and to be able to to manage those the client's needs in that way. So a big piece of work we have talked about previously on some of our podcasts is the cognitive impairment. So we focused on a scenario where a father and daughter are in the 360 film scenario and he's showing signs, early signs of, of dementia or you know cognitive impairment. And it's taking you through that journey and that storytelling of her identifying something's not quite right. And you really experience the, the sort of like anguish that she's experiencing. She doesn't know what to do. And that then follows on once you've experienced that to a, a VR role play. And that really has been a real sort of shift for us to be able to deliver our content in that way and be able to deliver that empathy training and help people to brush up on their empathy skills. Because I think there's always room for improvement for everybody, even though they think they might be an empath. So we've, we've built on that, we've created that content and also looked at divorce and um, a scenario there and erratic income. So in Q4, we've also been looking at fraud, scams and also power of attorney and some of the risks around that and, and how to manage that. So that's some really interesting content that we're going to kind of roll out next year. So developing that whole suite of content for people to access different types of learning that relate to vulnerability. Amazing. I feel not only does that touch the partnership, but also those are things that employees can tap into as well because there's training. Everyone goes through vulnerable clients situations at some point in their lives, unfortunately, but um, it's kind of that educational piece, isn't it, for both partnership and employees? Yeah, absolutely. And on the note around education, we've also been working with our responsible business team, looking at the content we're creating now and how we can weave that into sort of enhancing the content we deliver at the moment and partners deliver into schools and, and into colleges and universities, working really closely with them to look at what we've got already, but also how we can, I mean, there's, there's lots of talk at the moment about bringing in financial education to schools and there's funding that's available through the government as well. So how can we enhance the training that's already been delivered and bring some immersive experiences in there too? Love that. And also I think we can't, ignore the fact that this year we launched our HJP house. Nikki, tell us about that. Obviously, yeah, that's a very hot topic as well. So we launched the house on the 16th of January this year, which I can't believe it's almost a year. It's just gone from strength to strength. And within the first few weeks, we had around 62% engagement, which was amazing. We did, you know, didn't realise that everyone would walk towards it so quickly. We had the old system sort of switch over from that to the new platform. Obviously, people have to go in there and do their regs training, but we've seen a lot of engagement across the other content we have in there around, you know, we've got bite-sized learning, we've got lovely podcasts like this and lots of different sort of videos and smaller chunks of learning that people can do on the go. And we've had loads of really good feedback. We've still got a long way to go in terms of that engagement across the business and the partnership to make sure that everyone knows what content's there and how they can access it. But there is something there for everybody and it's just really, we've got some work to do there in terms of curating that content for them and making sure that everyone has access to stuff that they need. But yeah, massive success. And we've just been sort of creating more and more content and adding more capability and bringing that functionality to light throughout the year. And there's loads more to come next year. Amazing. And when we've been looking at the impact of this, probably a key highlight to raise next, isn't it, is that our NPS score has increased almost 9% over the year. And that was already an extremely high level of 65.5% and it's now jumped to 74.4%. And in just a short year, we're hoping that we can see that next year and be way above industry standards. Yeah, for those people that don't know what NPS is, it's Net Promoter Score. So that's actually the national average is 47. So we over-index massively there already, which is great. Woohoo, go us. 
Amazing, Nick. But are there any projects of SJP that you want to raise in this podcast that we're particularly proud of and want to highlight? Well, yeah. And Hannah, you obviously have led on some of these things in terms of the partnerships that we've worked with, trying to bring more content into the house. We know that we're experts at some things, but there's there's content out there, there's the brands out there and stuff that's really going on that we think is really great and we wanted to incorporate it into the house. So one of them is the eSpot platform, which we piloted for a few months to identify whether or not it's something that we really thought that, you know, SJP community would be interested in and they really were and that's really kind of come to life in the last few months. I don't know if you want to talk a bit about what it is a bit more, Hannah? Yeah, absolutely. A place where you can swap, teach or learn skills from other experts in the business. It's a way to kind of develop your personal development. We're looking at peer-led masterclasses where they will utilise experts in the business to come and run some sessions. So we just did one on Power BI because that was a skill that was really kind of sought after in our SAP community. But yeah, it's a great platform and we're just looking at how we can bring SSO in to make it even more user-friendly for our employees. Yeah, it's great. We've had loads of good feedback and um, it's just been really brilliant to actually see if we think about, you know, the strategy we've had for the past couple of years around peer learning, this is really, really bringing it to life. Um, and you're getting people around the business that are really bringing their skills and sharing them and actually delivering the training for us as well, which is fantastic. You know, we're quite tight on resource and spreadly thin. And there's lots of things we want to do and bringing all of that to the surface and actually, and there's, you know, a great opportunity for people to network with each other and meet like-minded people that are looking for the same skills, but also have got a similar interest. So that's been great to see. And the feedback has been amazing from that as well. So that's been really good. And then in terms of peer-to-peer learning, Blinkist is another example of that where we've been running a pilot there and we had around 300 people sign up within the first week on that, I believe. And that's something that we will integrate into the house app as well because we had such positive feedback from that and it's really working. So Hannah, I don't know if you want to again explain a bit more about that because that was one of your projects. Yeah, Blinkist provides kind of summaries and key highlights of books. So if you don't have time to sit down and read a whole book, but if you can listen to Blinkist in either in audio form or in readable format, you can take away the key highlights and the summaries and just allows you to listen on the go in kind of bite-sized content, which is very much our approach at SJP. And yeah, it's just a fabulous app that I do encourage you to go and listen to our episode that we do have on it, where we speak to Adrian from Blinkist and yeah, just find out more through that. I also would like to say that the podcast guys, shout out to them who are done an amazing work on our Everyday School Day podcast. They're kind of a great company that we've collaborated with this year and will continue to as we grow our podcast. Yeah, and it's been a great comm channel for us as well, you know, getting feedback from people internally to say how much they've learned from it. So that was obviously one of the main objectives to talk about what we're doing at SJP, but also be able to share that across you know, within our industry and externally and also be able to identify what else is going on, what people are interested in. So I've really enjoyed doing them. Obviously, it's been just over a year now. I think we've done probably this is our 15th episode, maybe. But yeah, podcast guys, that's been a really, really great collaboration. I suppose, Nick, as well, over to you to talk about our relationship with Hula and our collaborative work there. Yeah, so Hula, we started working with them when we first launched the kind of first version of the House app. We launched it into the new academy. So we'd revamped the academy programme and that was in September 2021. And that was kind of almost like a, an easier way to pilot it because anyone that's coming into the academy didn't have any history with SJP. Whereas what we needed to do is integrate the app into with Salesforce and other systems in the business because we had to migrate the content that, that was related to those existing employees and existing partners across into the system. So that took longer, a lot of testing, a lot of development there. As I said, we launched the full version of it in January this year. So it's almost a year old. And Hula have been an absolutely fantastic partner to work with. And, you know, it's a, a, a very long, ongoing relationship and partnership with them. So, yeah, I've loved doing the work with them. It's been very easy. 
Yeah, it's been amazing. Moving on then, Nick, and probably very fitting considering what happened last week. Do you want to highlight any awards that we've won this year? Yeah, well, we've done really well, actually. So we've won five awards now for a combination of the digital content, so the house app and the revamped academy programme, new curriculum for employees and for the partnership and for the immersive experiences and the VR content we've created. So we won two at the Learning Awards, two at the Learning Technology Awards. And then most recently last week, unfortunately, I couldn't be there because I had COVID, but Hannah went and uh, claimed the award for us with some of the rest of the team. That was the overall learning development award for smaller employers. Yeah, so really chuffed with that. And um, yeah, amazing work from everyone on the team. So excited about even being shortlisted is great, but to win is just absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, it was it was a really great evening and it was a shame you weren't there, Nick. But kudos to the whole team for, yeah, a learning and development award is, is phenomenal. So switching over then, Nick, to trends. What L&D technology trends dominated the scene over the past 12 months and did any of them surprise you? There's not been any sort of, I haven't seen, and there's lots of predictions about different trends this year, but I haven't seen any massive ones other than from my perspective and, and the kind of the things that we're interested, I guess, that we're seeing. There's a lot more focus on digital learning digital content bite-sized learning i keep hearing so i kind of feel like we've been going in the right direction but also making sure that we don't completely take over or replace what we do with with digital technology and digital content we need to make sure we keep that balance and and something that we are always really clear about and we always reiterate is that we're digital first not digital only so we have a huge amount of face-to-face sessions trainer-led sessions it's not all about you know accessing digital content on your devices so we want to make sure that you still got that sort of sense of community and people do get together face to face and meet and learn together but I have seen a lot more of that and it is kind of user-led where you know a lot of people aren't coming back to the office anymore there are sort of people coming back for you know purposely coming back into the office to do specific things and, and spend time together and that might be the opportunities where you then have run workshops or do face-to-face learning but then having that blended approach and the accessibility that you need to be able to access your personal development whenever you need it. So I've seen a lot more of that this year. Definitely seen a big explosion, really, in VR and immersive learning in businesses. So there's been a lot of press around technology and sort of VR and immersive learning content across the health industry. You know, lots of lots of things around therapy and physical therapy, mental health, well-being seen a lot of that but also around soft skills so VR has been around for quite a long time and been used for um, say health and safety for technical skills where you can't make mistakes and it be you know it's going to be quite a costly mistake for you to make in in the real world and that's been around for years and years but actually the soft skills learning and the stuff that we're talking about sort of you know empathy and and looking at vulnerable clients that is really starting to become a big thing and you're seeing a lot more organizations actually doing that and I've seen one example that I think is just really interesting is the Bank of America one where they they train staff to be able to cope and to be able to understand what they should do in the event that they get there's a bank robbery. Bank of America have, have used VR and they've been talking about how that's worked, you know, versus training somebody in the classroom to say, remember this bullet point, excuse the pun, when they've got a gun to their head, they don't remember that. They do remember if they have felt that immersed in the immersive experience where they feel that they've got a gun to their head in VR, they know what they should be doing next and how to sort of cope with that. So there's amazing examples about how to deliver these types of skills, whether it's technical skills or soft skills. There's been a really big increase of that over this year. And I think next year it's going to go crazy. You know, you look at the sort of value of VR as a whole. If you look at um, VR and the value of it globally, it's increasing by over 30% each year. And I, th- I saw something yesterday that said that VR is going to be worth over 3 trillion by 2030. So it's only going in one direction. And, you know, the benefits of it are really clear, but it's being identified and used across so many different industries now. So I think it's really exciting. 
Yeah, it is really exciting. I suppose that's a bit around like the innovation that disrupted the market. It is that continuation of virtual reality and, and what's next. And three, do you say three trillion, Nick? Three trillion, yeah. Wow. wow. And also, I think there's a lot more gamification as well, especially where you're talking about particularly, say, sort of CRM roles, customer service, retail, and uh, where there's sort of leaderboards and things like that and sort of gamifying. And also, actually, Make Real, who's another collaboration, um, we've been working with them for a couple of years, creating our VR content. They were at an awards a couple of weeks ago, and it was Learning Technology Awards, and they won an award for Citizen. And it was a game they created for students. And the students actually came with them to present to Learning Technologies and showed them how it impacted their learning and their performance in a positive way. And they won the gold award for that, which is brilliant. So you can see a lot more of that happening now and, and real need for that in education. Love that, Nick. And kind of excited to see what that evolves then next year. So following on from that, looking forward, what are some of the challenges within the industry for next year? I mean, investment and budget will probably be a challenge for some businesses that want to embrace immersive learning and want to, you know, access software and the content because they need that hardware. At the moment, you know, it's still there's still a quite high price point if you want to scale it. If you just want to buy a couple of headsets and that's okay. And then it's access to that content. There's a lot more off the shelf content now, some of which we use. So for example, body swaps, we use that for our employee learning. Anything that's specific to your business that you need to create this kind of content is still fairly costly. However, we are looking at other suppliers. We're working with a company called Verti who have their software platform and you have the ability to actually go in and, and sort of like, you know, create that content and create those using AI, create those conversations, that two-way conversation, say with a client or, you know, whatever it might be that's your subject matter expert within the, the sort of process and the learning you're trying to create. There's more and more types of software and, and platforms out there that will give you the ability to create digital content without necessarily going out there and and having to spend and invest a lot of money. Another example is Synthesia. There's quite a few platforms like that. And I think probably a lot of people see Synthesia pasted all over uh, LinkedIn, lots of adverts on there. And you can go in and you can say, for example, you know, I can access some content, Hannah, you you know, recording of you for three minutes. And I could create a whole presentation using your face and you talking and potentially actually five mins AI. They put something on LinkedIn yesterday where he's done a presentation about something and then he's converted it into him speaking in Portuguese. And he said, oh, my dad's going to be really proud of me because he didn't know I can speak Portuguese. He can't, but using AI, that's generated that content for him. So there's absolutely so many opportunities next year for this kind of stuff. Also making sure that we're really careful about how we use that because of deep fakes and you know, other risks around security. So that's a very important one to be mindful of. And that ties a bit into data literacy, doesn't it, Nick? What we're looking at as a company as to the educational piece beforehand before you go and start using these tools you need to be aware of what can go wrong or what the harms are or what the challenges are and so we're really conscious as a business that we need to make sure that we have that in place before we start utilizing some of these tools that are out there yeah what is it what are the pros and cons how do you use that data how do you use data in general actually to make informed decisions in the business but also then you know and i think a lot of people can be afraid of ai but also looking at the roles now that we have in our business in our industry and externally what positive impact that will have and what, you know, where it will reduce certain sort of grunty parts of your role to help you to then be more strategic and look at other things and develop your role in a different way. But it's really understanding that and the positive and potentially negative impact it can have before we actually start using those tools to make those decisions. Definitely. Because you were at a conference the other week, Nick, so I don't know if you want to touch on that. Yeah, it was our um, tech conference, our IT conference internally. It was called Tomorrow's Horizon. It was just looking at, I guess, answering the questions around how AI is impacting roles now. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be something that evolves. 
And it's making sure that everybody actually firstly is taking responsibility for their own personal development. So are you spending time on developing and understanding these things and looking at what's available to you now so that when AI does come along and might become a bigger part of your role and the ability for you to use it, how are you going to do that? So it's sort of, you know, looking at changing people's mindset if they haven't got a learning mindset already. Amazing, Nick. And just before we go on to what's something that's blown your mind recently, final question from me is what is the kind of thing you're most looking forward to next year as an L&D team? What I'm looking forward to most, I think we've delivered the platform and the LXP via the house app. We've delivered a lot of VR content and we've also got lots more now that we've been creating this year, particularly around vulnerable clients, being able to support and, and, and roll this out in terms of the consumer duty content and that initiative. And what I'm really looking forward to, which we've all started doing, we, we've been doing for a while, is really collaborating with the rest of the business to bring to life what we've already got, the platforms and the software and the systems that we've got that can help enhance and improve the way that other people deliver their roles and also just expose the great content we've got to everyone in the business and making sure that they're using it as much as they can be to develop themselves. We're just having conversations now with some people in the business just around potentially creating some augmented reality content because much as VR is great, there's a certain limitation for some people. They don't want to wear a headset. The hardware isn't necessarily accessible to people. And also when you want to really scale it, it's not as easy. Using augmented reality where you're combining the real world with the virtual world, that that's more accessible. So there's something we're looking at with another team internally, which we haven't worked through yet. So I'm not going to share it yet. You know, top secret. But we're exploring what we've done so far and then how that could really work. But that's something that people can access on their phones and any devices rather than needing VR headsets. So I think there'll be a lot more AR sort of mixed reality next year. And then hopefully by the end of next year, we will be in a position where there'll be glasses and much more sort of you know hardware that's easier to use and doesn't look really clunky and it just yeah it's a lot more simple to wear and I think there'd be more interest from people on a wider level who just get put off by putting a big clunky VR Quest 2 headset on or others. I'm excited for that because it does leave you red marks doesn't it we can't lie. Yeah and wipes off all your makeup as well. Yeah but um, no that will be really good if they become much more kind of succinct and subtle. Thank you so much, Nikki, for that. Loved hearing your insight into kind of your reflections from the year and what you're looking forward to for next year. Before we wrap up, what is something that has blown your mind and it can be recently or it could be from this year? Well, we touched on it a little bit, just about the deep fakes and, you know, the ability for fraudsters to do just, you know, ridiculous things. And I think probably the one, and there's been quite a lot of it in the press recently and something we're going to touch on in some of the work we're doing, looking at financial scams, is this WhatsApp scam. I've got two sons and I think I could probably fall for this one where all they need is a few seconds of a child's voice or anybody's voice and to be able to convert that into a WhatsApp voice message saying they're in trouble somewhere. Can you please transfer some money to my friend's account and basically scamming people in that way? So it's just really quite scary and that blown my mind how good those are and how realistic they are and how many people have lost a lot of money. So it's something to be really wary of. But yeah, that's blown my mind a bit this year. Yeah, that's terrifying. And I actually have quite a funny story. First year of university, I fell for a scam and I literally have visions like of me running out of my lecture hall as I realised I just gave all my details on this HMRC fake thing. 
But yeah, so I can see how it happens. So I most probably would definitely fall for that. I think mine, not tech related, but just something that I picked up as I was researching last night, how to make sure that when you cut onions, you don't cry. And if you put them in the freezer for like 10, 15 minutes before you need them, then the enzymes don't work and then you end up not crying. So um, oh, okay. yeah, but you don't cry from financial scams or chopping onions. Great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Good segue there. Love it. Uh, well, thanks so much again, Nick. Thank you. I mean, it's probably a good opportunity now just to talk about some kind of upcoming episodes that we do have. We've got one coming up with Eric Brown. He's from Stanford University talking about lots more around immersive tech and what he's got up to. And also with Elle, who has her own BBC Three radio channel and talks around gamification. So we're wrapping up on this episode and it's been really nice to take the time to reflect on some amazing technology projects that we've worked on and also seen what's been going on outside of SJP. It's always inspiring to see what others are doing, what new boundaries are being pushed in this industry, giving us all inspiration for what we can do in our respective organisations when it comes to technology and innovation. Thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about how we are applying tech and AI within L&D here at SJP, then please don't hesitate to get in touch. Equally, if you have any exciting out-of-the-box projects you'd like to let us know about or feature on one of our upcoming podcasts, then email us at learning at sjp.co.uk. Don't forget you can catch up on all of our previous episodes by subscribing to Every Day's a School Day on wherever you get your podcast from. Until next time, school's out. <laughs>